Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. So the rest of the people, priests, Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who were able to understand, all these now join their fellow Israelites, the nobles, and bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. We promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or take their daughters for our sons. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. Every seventh year, we will forego working the land and will cancel all debts. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God, for the bread set out on the table, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbaths, at the new moon feasts and at the appointed festivals, for the holy offerings, for sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel and for all the duties of the house of our God. We, the priests, the Levites and the people, have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of our God at set times each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. We also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every fruit tree. As it is also written in the law, we will bring the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle, of our herds and of our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests ministering there. Moreover, we will bring to the storerooms of the house of our God, to the priests, the first of our ground meal, of our grain offerings, of the fruit of all our trees, and of our new wine and olive oil. And we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns where we work. A priest descended from Aaron is to accompany the Levites when they receive the tithes, And the Levites are to bring a tenth of the tithes up to the house of our God, to the storerooms of the treasury. The people of Israel, including the Levites, are to bring their contributions of grain, new wine and olive oil to the storerooms, where the articles for the sanctuary and for the ministering priests, the gatekeepers and the musicians are also kept. We will not neglect the house of our God. You all right? You sure? Don't look sure. These masks are really deceptive, aren't they, really? So it's, I'm okay. Thanks for asking. I'm going to pray. God's got, it's no accident you're here today, and God's got, always got something, hasn't he, to say to us. And my name's Keith, by the way, if you don't know who I am. 
Um, and welcome, I know for some of you, this is one of the first time you've been back to the sanctuary, as it were, for ages. So welcome, that's uh, great to see you, and we're all desperate to be able to do what we normally do. The Lord is at work, and we need to keep praying. So let's pray and commend that passage. Thank you for reading, Nikki, it's brilliant. Uh, and so we'll pray now and ask the Lord to speak to us. Lord, come. We need you, Holy Spirit of truth. Jesus, you promised, you said, when I go, the Spirit of truth will come and he will teach you all things. And we believe you. And so what we need is teachable hearts. What might it be that I'm, I just have an open heart and mind and that I'll be a hearer and a doer? Uh, Lord, we realize uh, the darkest recesses of our soul. Lord, Holy Spirit, you need to penetrate those areas. But also we realize that in our life chapter there are many people facing mountains and trials and sadness. And that can be so hard to see beyond the now. So we pray, as I often pray, that you'll lift our vista, our view, and help us to see what you can see. Lord, please, that those who are for us are greater than those who are against. That if God is for us, who can be against us? And Lord, might it be that your word comes and does what it does, supernaturally, changes me. Please, we pray, might it be that we leave here more willing to follow you, to love you more. And we just thank you for this time you've given us to speak amongst us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've said before, uh, the, the pandemic, uh, people's, uh, people are sick of hearing about it, but it's a good illustration. Basically, they talk about this R rate, don't they? This R rate. If the R rate's above one, we've had it. We've all got to stay indoors because if the R rate's above one, then it's a pandemic. It doesn't, to me, it never seemed like a lot. I don't know about you. It just didn't seem like a lot. We mean one more person. So I just impact one person and then the whole world shuts down. Can you imagine having not an R rate, but a J rate, a Jesus rate? Can you imagine? So we think, well, I can't evangelize the university I'm going to in October. I can't evangelize my street or my class. Well, you don't have to. You just have to have a J rate of one. And if every one of us did that, you know, there'd be a pandemic for Jesus that would close the world down and his kingdom would come and the kingdom of this world would become the kingdom of our God and his Messiah. Or am I mad? I honestly believe that. That's why I honestly think the Great Commission was to all believers and not just for a select few or for those who are paid to be Christians. What on earth has happened to the fact that I don't suddenly believe that I am infectious for Jesus? And can I say there's no age limit, lower or upper age limit? There's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. Did you know that? If you're not sure, just look at Josiah when he's eight years old and he becomes king and he impacts the whole kingdom. Or look at Samuel when the church is completely a mess. If you want to depress yourself with a really depressing dark chapter in the Bible, 1 Samuel 3, you don't get much darker than the beginning of 1 Samuel 3. Okay, it says, in those days the word of the Lord was rare and there weren't many visions. That's bad. Eli, the clergy, is completely fraudulent. He's lazy. Hophni and Phineas are running riot. And what happens? A little boy, Samuel. I'm saying this to anyone in here, no matter how old you are, is that God wants to use you, and it might be through our children. We don't speak at them because they are viral for the kingdom of God. And if you're a parent today, your child is a, a potential virus for Jesus. And Samuel gets up and he doesn't quite know, and he says, well, what, what's going on? I've heard this word from God. We need to hear the word of the Lord from children on this platform, in this church, speaking the word of God in here. Because I'm lazy and I'm used to it, and you know, it's so, so easy. Do you know, 
that frightens people, what I've just introduced to her. Some of them say, oh, well, great, that's great for you, Keith. That's what you do. Now, you don't really know me, to be honest, to say that yet. I might sound like that's what I do. But we are all called to be viral for Jesus. I remember I actually had a proper job once. I was in industry. And I, I think this is really funny. And I, I never sort of landed in the company. I remember I got a job in this new massive company over Tottenway, that sort of way. And when I was in Portsmouth, I got a job there. And um, I didn't want to stand in the office and go, right, everyone, put your pens down, you know, your computers. Just to let you know that I follow Jesus. He's amazing. And so thought get the cards out day one. Not a good idea. Well, I used to think of different ways. This was hilarious. I remember once I just started this company. And so I thought, this is what I thought. Well, I'm not going to just say stuff because I met friends and all that. And so I, I think it was a, a thing, a slide with it. Like this, this, just a reference on Have you got that on there? John 316, it should be on there somewhere. I think you've got it. You should be the first. Oh, there. I put that on my screensaver. And I didn't know anybody's name. It was a massive company. I didn't know anyone's name. And this guy came past my desk and he said, uh, your clock's wrong, John. <laughs> and I said, that's not a clock and my name's not John. Anyway, right. I said, I thought you'd know that one because that's on all football matches and that. He goes, what is it? I said, it's a Bible verse. John chapter 3, verse 16. He goes, what does it say? I went, find out. He came back the next morning, bless him, gets a cup of tea, has to walk past my desk. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, have everlasting life. Nice. Went away. I thought, cool, next one. Changed it. <laughs> Do you know what's beautiful about people is they are so nosy. You don't have to go, hey, you, guess what? He came back and he went, <laughs> he really did. Oh, this was, my screensaver, my screensaver was the best evangelist in that company, I'll tell you what. And I put that there and he's like, What? Yeah, New Testament book, Romans chapter 3, 23. Next day, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? We had a chat. Next day, last one for now, just quite a few. Oh yeah, you know that one. We've got to know our scriptures. If we don't know, we can't share, can we? And it's not about the heat of argument, it's the light of the gospel that changes lives, isn't it? And so what happened was he... He then didn't see, he just looked and then he went away and he came back again and he says, oh wow, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Wow. And that was like this week long thing and it was just so exciting. And, I, and it's just a screensaver. Are you all right, Jimmy? That's that all right, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you. But you see, what happened? You see, what, what was this Nehemiah 10? Yes, it is, because if you, if you heard that chapter, the chapter is about as being viral because what Nehemiah, what the people in Nehemiah, they're getting their act together, they're building, they're coming together, they're being reflective last week. Please listen, catch up online. But now it has to spill out. 
And I am totally convinced, in fact, I know, having worked and still working with lots and lots of pastors and leaders up and down this country and into Europe, that actually there are a lot of churches who have forgotten their brief, and it goes something like this. We've reduced down the viral gospel to something like this. I don't, I, see if you recognize it. It's all about my individual contract with God to get right, number one. Secondly, once I have my individual contract, my ticket to heaven, my job then is to give some money to keep the greatest show on earth going. Thirdly, don't be offended by that as well. Just Thirdly, my job then is reduced down to trying to bring a friend or family member to come and hear someone who's paid to be a Christian speak. Familiar? How did that happen? That has never been the brief of the people of God. And that's all about a bigger subject we haven't got time for, which is the purpose of the church. Because our purpose, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced, because when I read Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, he says the Lord has given these people, uh, pastors, evangelists, prophets, etc., teachers, apostles, He's given to the, to the church so the church can pay them and so everyone can hear how amazing they are. Not at all. He's given them to equip God's people for works of service so they go out with a J rate and are pandemically viral. And that changes my excitement about why I come to this building because I'm coming here to be equipped. And that might sound radical, but it's here in Scripture. And Nehemiah, what they're doing now is they've had the service and reflection, the teaching quality teaching they built the platform but they built it and so what I've called today is that it must impact every area when we come back to the king when we come back and say what's the purpose of gathering I want it to impact every area see this is really about a movement I was online this week with half a dozen pastors and they were talking because my previous church is four years down the line of creating a viral movement of disciples and Christ followers. And, and the pastor, it was a smooth thing. He was associate for a while, then co-pastor with me. Now, he's now greatly pastoring the church. Great job. But it's not about him. We've created a movement. So there was no like dropping out of the floor. This was about a movement of people. And the pastors online were saying, so how does that happen? And we basically say, well, it's not about you. That's where it starts. If your mentality, mentality the day you actually the Lord blesses you with a church and you'll be judged more harshly for that, the, the day you get a church, if, if your mentality is, I am creating a movement and not a following of me, you'll be all right. Because it won't be about you. And this is so, it sounds so radical for us. But we see it here. I mean, Nehemiah is listed, right? If you look at chapter 9, because it, it starts. Where does it start? I'll go into the, into the uh, points. It starts with the leaders. It's got to start with servant leaders who realize that it's not about them. Does this, does this ring any truth with you? Maybe not. It so isn't about us. And it says, look at this, at in, in, in end of 9... We spared the first few verses of 10 and the end of 9. It's just a list of names, but read them. They're important. And so after 9, they gathered, etc., etc. But in view of all of this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing. And our leaders, number one, our Levites, our priests, are affixing their seals to it. And guess who's up there at the beginning of 10? Nehemiah, first name, the governor. He is on the list and he is committing to be wholehearted and being viral for the kingdom. 
He's not going to talk at the congregation or at the people of God. He is going to say, like Paul could say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's a, a big calling. See, what, we, what happened last week is the people, remember, put themselves, and this is an important prerequisite. They put themselves in a posture to hear from God. And that posture meant that they had a, a realistic view of who they were, their failings and everything else, their imperfections. They had a realistic view of a holy, amazing, compassionate God. And then they could rehearse his story from the past and they could then call him into their current chapter and have confidence. That was last week, but that current chapter now goes forward into being a pandemic for the kingdom of God. And that's chapter 10. I think that's an exciting narrative. I honestly do. I genuinely don't just want to whirl around doing church for the rest of my life until Jesus comes. I mean, really. There's better things to do. Some of you might get upset with that. But if this was a real purpose, you know, I'm so grateful. When I came to Jesus at 16, I never had any baggage of church life at all. In fact, it's amazing God spoke to me. I was quite a naughty boy. When I was nine years old, I borrowed my first car. I took it back. Don't look at me like that. I was from an estate in the north of England, and I've got some strange looks now. Email. <laughs> but the Lord just arrested my soul. When I came to King Jesus, it was real and vital. And I saw in my uncle's life someone who was viral for Jesus in everything he did. I didn't catch it in church. And do you know if the pandemic, I've said this before, in the unashamed series, I think. But if the pandemic behaved like we do, all the government would have to say is, don't go to those buildings and you'll never catch it. But they can't say that. And if so, the reverse is true. If we behaved with that J rate like the pandemic, then there will be a viral movement. And guess what? People would come to church. You notice the very last verse of that chapter, we will not neglect the house of our God. Because it, when we really look at the purpose of the house of God, the true purpose, when we are viral and out there, people will come to know Jesus. You won't invite them to the church necessarily, you'll invite them to King Jesus, and then they'll come to be equipped for works of service. It's a cycle. This is great. And we see this in this chapter, that first it starts with the leaders. And you notice then the leaders, it impacts others. We impact others all of the time. And by leader, can I say that you're a leader? If you've got a little child at home, you're a leader. If you're in a workplace, you're a leader. If you're a Christ follower in any capacity, you are a leader because you might be the only example of Christ follower people know. How are we influencing people for the kingdom of God? And so the leaders go first. And then it influences loads of people. We didn't read it, but there's a whole list of priests and Levites, etc., etc., going right through the first 27 verses. All these people see Nehemiah signing, saying, we are pledging publicly to be a viral movement of, of kingdom followers. And then they all sign up. And we want to call you to sign up to be a viral group of followers who are out there as a Jesus pandemic spreading Jesus in whatever way, whether that's screensavers or books or viral or conversations. However you are beautifully you, don't change your personality. It's the spirit within you who will do all of that work. And we are inviting you to do that. And then there's pressure on because we need to equip God's people for works of service.
And so we see it impacts others. And then in 29, well, what was that about? In 29, it says, All these people now join their fellow Israelites, the nobles, and bind themselves with a curse and a no to follow the law of God. This isn't just any latest wishy-washy universalism or whatever it might be. This is about the law of God. This is God's word we're going to follow. We're going to center and ground ourselves on the very word of God. So our gatherings are going to be about the word of God. And if I can say, if you teach this and you make it dull, then you need to maybe think about your gifting. This is not a dull book. This is absolutely alive. Has it transformed your life? Anyone saying hallelujah to that? There's a wave. Amen. And so we see that it's centered. The leaders go first. It's, it's, the priority is God's word. It brings perspective. But then it impacts every area of life. So it impacts the leaders first when we are viral, but then it impacts every area of life. Did you see that in verse 30? What about the relationships? They pledge what happened. We promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or to take their daughters for our sons. See, this was a major issue. The culture of the time, they were half Persian in culture or Babylonian. And so they'd intermarried, and it was against the very law of God. And the trouble is now, we are here now in this world, and we are under all sorts of cultural pressures. We need to pray for our children and young people. Who would want to be a teenager growing up now? I don't know if I would. I came to Christ at 16, and it was, it was hard enough. And thank goodness I had a saved RE teacher who found out as soon as I got back after summer holidays and stuck me on the platform to sing a, a song I wrote. Oh my goodness me. But if it was true, if it was true, then that's what it was about. And we see here, we, we're, in, we're in, in cultural times of pressure where again, just like here, the, the whole sanctity of life, what really constitutes real marriage is under question. We're under great pressure. You know, but the thing is, Jesus didn't say, well, let's create the bubble, the great Christian bubble. He said, my prayer is not, remember John 17, that beautiful high priestly prayer? My prayer is not that you'll take them out of the world, but that you'll protect them in it. See, God's method is insulation and not isolation. But I've got to be in his truth. I've got to be calling in on it. I want him to come, Lord, help me with those choices. And our, our young people and children are under huge pressure. And so in all the relationships, this is going to impact not just our service, Nehemiah in chapter 9, not just the height of the pulpit and how long we listen to God's word for or not. This is going to impact our relationship. It's also going to impact our business activity in 31. When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any, any holy day. Every seventh year we'll forego work in the land, we'll cancel all debts. We want this to impact our business life. That might be a screensaver for you. I remember once I was in a company. I'd only just left the military and it was my first job outside of that. And uh, for some reason, they stuck me in front of a guy I was on contract to start with. And contractors were really sort of unpopular. You know, we're stealing all their lollipops and things. And it's just, we went. It was just extra work. And I became permanent and did okay in the company. That's the story. But I got some hassled, really. And then when they found out I was a believer, it was worse. 
It's just people that just can be horrible, can't they? You think people can be just not nice. But God's good, you see. And um, this one guy just kept picking on me, picking on me, picking on me, coming out with things. And I remember one day, I was only a young guy, okay, so I just said to him, look, I'm not threatening you. <laughs> okay, 10 years ago I might have done. I said, I'm not threatening you, but I've just got to tell you that whenever anyone picks on God's people in the Bible, it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Just say, take that as you want. He was quite good after that. <laughs> but you see, so my business activity for me, I wanted to be the best engineer. I wanted to be the best manager or project manager or IT project manager. Whenever, wherever I was, I wanted to be that. So I wasn't, by the way, but I wanted to want to. And that's what we're talking about here. And so it impacts every area. The leaders first, it impacts their relationship, their business activity, attitude to possessions. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God, etc., etc. For the regular grain offerings, all these things. And people are normally great until you start talking about money and stuff, aren't they? It's not ours anyway, is it? It's all God's. It really is. You know, something so freeing about giving to God's work. But it's got to go beyond that. It, it, in some ways, the giving is the symptom of our heart already. It's symptomatic of what's going on in here. It really, really is. It, it really, really is. And it's really got to impact every single area. So it impacts the leadership, impacts every area of our life. And it's really having that Hebraic mindset. What's happened? I'm not going to go into too much heavy stuff here. But you see, you see the Old Testament, don't you get this feeling that it's every day? You know, in Deuteronomy 6, it's beautiful, isn't it? You know, talk to your children when you walk by the way, when you go to bed. You know, tell them about these things, bind it on your doorpost. There's this kind of whole way of life, Hebraic mindset of we are always God's people. We don't have a hang-up about being more spiritual then or there, whatever. Yeah, there's repentance and stuff. But I'm talking about generally in the mindset, the Hebraic mindset, was we are God's people 24-7 in and outside of churches. But when we go to the New Testament, do you notice with the Greek mindset coming in, and it really does, is that all of a sudden Paul's got to remind the Corinthians that do you not know that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit and there's no sacred secular divide? It's a, you, you, actually, this is it. But the thing is with our church, with the Western churches, we've inherited guess what line? We've inherited the sacred secular line. And we need to rediscover what it really means to have a complete kingdom Hebraic mindset of I am constantly God's child. And that's a cultural conversation we can have, but seriously, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because what can happen then is if we create sacred and secular places, all of a sudden we can try and domesticate God to our own church agenda. That's what effectively happens. Whatever that looks like for us, we can maybe try and domesticate the Holy Spirit into what we want him to do at 10.45 every Sunday morning. And he's much grander than that. And so we see here that when it impacts, impacts in every area, it impacts the leaders. It impacts every area of life in our, in our relationships, business, and attitude to possessions. And it's always in the light of God's work for us. It must be in the light of God's redemptive and atoning work for us, what he has done for us. You know, John says, doesn't he, 1 John 4, we love him because he first loved us. 
You know, I love this. I've quoted this a couple of times, I know, but I love it. I love it when, when C.T. Studd, the cricketer, founded WEC, the mission organization, and that great motto, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. That's a cracking motto, isn't it? If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Completely what he said. And we see here in 32 and 33, it's a kind of shadow of what Christ would achieve. But we start to see some of the offerings from Leviticus, coming through from Leviticus 1 to 7, 16, 23, 25. We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel, etc. For the bread set out on the table, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbath at the new moon feasts, the appointed festivals, the holy offerings, for sin offerings to make atonement for Israel. We're going to do this in the light of what God has commanded with this whole atonement picture. Yet so often we have very little appreciation of the work that Christ has done on the cross for us. We might know something simple and there's nothing wrong with that, that Christ died for me. But do we know what the atonement is all about? That's maybe something in the midweek or something. We need to get the grips. You know, the Bible has so many, what you'd call a metaphor, a picture to describe something else about the atonement. It describes it as a substitute, as a sacrifice, as a ransom, as a propitiation. These all collectively create a diamond of a picture that we can see what God has done for us. Do we really understand what Christ achieved on the cross for me? That beautiful work. It's so key. And so what we see here is, what they're not saying, aren't we great? We're going to sign this piece of paper. We're so spiritual, everybody. Nehemiah's first, and it's going to in, 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 in impact my relationships and business and all that because we're really spiritually great. They say, no, this is all under the shadow. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. If that's what Yahweh has done for me, he's given me this system that I can approach him. We can sing bold, I approach the eternal throne, can't we? Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? Yeah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> I'm bringing it down anyway. You've been great. See, as we do that, can you imagine, just try and imagine, just imagine if we were, and the next song is going to be, Lord, build your kingdom here. We want to be these people. Build your kingdom here. Imagine if we got viral with a J rate. You don't have to change the world, your street, your company. One, J rate of one. One. Shuts the world down. <laughs> Seriously shuts the world down. That's amazing. That's good. But you can imagine if there were just two paid people in the church and all the others weren't, didn't have a J rate and they thought their job was to bring people to be infected by the two people who were paid to do it. That would be a really rubbish pandemic. It wouldn't be a pandemic, actually. You'd just get a few additions, a few extra people got infected or baptized every year. That's, that's not really good. We're talking pandemic, really viral. Can you imagine if all of us says, yeah, I want to be equipped, and if you don't equip me, come on, I want to be equipped. That's why I come here. I love Jesus. And it impacts all, we all sign up. Everyone, this is it. This is the vision. This is what we want to do. And then every area of life. 
And it's all under the light of what God has already done for us. Because what had happened, fourthly, in case we're worried about church as it is, our gathering will then be impacted for the kingdom. Did you see that very last verse, second part, 39b? So we will not neglect the house of our God. Imagine that movement. Imagine a movement of people here. And it wouldn't just be my voice or anyone's or Jim's or anyone else's on this platform. There'd be other voices of saying the gathered story. So you'd be going out and coming back and there'd be children and teenagers and and the elderly and all of us coming on this platform and saying, this is what God is doing in my life, in my company, in my street. This is the viral movement. This is what's happening. Isn't that exciting? Is that exciting? I, I, I want to do that. I want to, I'm happy to put my name there. Sign up. Sign up. You sign up. You're in, aren't you? He's going to do it. You see, true, authentic Christ following. It will spill out from every area of our lives and it will make this full circle back where we gather so we can share our kingdom stories, encourage each other, and are sent again to be infectious for Jesus. Simples. Honestly. That might be a crazy screensaver. It might not be. I thought it was all right. But you know, God is at work in the world. We need to join him where he's at work. And to do that, I need a consciousness that he can use me with a J rate of one. And I want to do that. I want to sign up. I don't know about you. So I'm going to pray and we're going to sing a song which is almost like, I think Nehemiah and the crowd would have sang this at the end of 10. Yeah, I think. I'll claim it. Lord, Build your kingdom here. Imagine them, them all singing that. I bet they wouldn't mess about. They'd be up on their feet and praising God. Wouldn't they? Right, we're going to do it in that way. You can clap crazily to this song because it's really quick. It's brilliant. I'm going to pray. This is to set up. Let's just pray. Shall we, shall we, if you're able to, shall we stand? And um, we're just going to commend and say, Lord, come on. Lord, thank you. King Jesus, you call us to be viral for you. And uh, we want to ask your forgiveness, Lord, that so often you're the best kept secret in our lives. And we don't want that to be the case. And Lord, so often we're out of ideas, but it's about you, your strategy. We just need to be available that you might use us where you have placed us. And we want those young voices, the Samuels, the Josiahs, to raise up and say, God is saying this. This is what's happening. From the youngest to the oldest, that's what Joel prophesied and told us would happen. It won't be about just a small group of teachers, but each one will do it, Joel says. Holy Spirit, come on. And we pray, Lord, that you do what you do best. We just want to be available in every area of our lives and see a pandemic for Jesus, Lord. Starting here, yes, sure. But might it be that we understand our purpose individually and corporately in Jesus' name. Fuel our praise now, we say in Jesus' name. Amen.